Well, we've all been watching what's unfolding in Texas and how they have struggled just to keep the lights on. Uh, Most everything that generates power for them uh, has failed in the midst of very unusual winter weather there. Winter weather is not unusual for us, but it's no less important to keep the power generation going. For a lot of folks, one big component of making sure we have sufficient power when we need it the most is nuclear energy. Today, a couple of Illinois lawmakers got a look at uh, one of the nuclear power plants here in Illinois, the one closest to us here in Springfield, as uh, the debate continues about the future of nuclear power. To talk about that and some other issues, State Senator Doris Turner, who was on that tour earlier today and joins us now. Senator, good afternoon. Good afternoon. And my first chance to talk to you uh, live on the air since you uh, you got the appointment to Andy Menarsi. So before we get into the, the tour today, let me just ask, how are you liking it so far? It's, it's very exciting. Um, it's not something that I ever thought would be in my future, but uh, I am embracing it and hitting the ground running. You know, um, Andy left very big shoes to fill. I was devastated when I found out he was leaving, but... Uh, I am going to get up every morning and work hard every day to represent the uh, constituents of the 48th in the uh, excellent manner that he did. I heard uh, an interview you uh, you did last week. You were on a, a podcast uh, with uh, another new lawmaker, and you talked about the learning curve on some of the issues that you never encountered as a Springfield alderwoman. I'm guessing nuclear energy is one of those, since that's one thing we don't have in the portfolio at City Water, Light, and Power. So tell me about uh, your tour today of the, uh, the Clinton nuclear plant and, and what you thought of it. It's absolutely one of those things that I needed to get a learning curve on. And um, I was really excited about the opportunity to go on the tour, and it came at an absolute um, great time with everything that's going on um, throughout the country with, um, you know, how the how the weather is affecting our ability to uh, provide, uh, you know, secure energy to, to homes and um also, the other thing that happened is that during the governor's um, budget address, he talked about, uh, you know, passing an energy bill that protects our nuclear fleet, um, as well as building up our wind and solar industries. So this was a perfect opportunity to see firsthand uh, what nuclear power looks like in central Illinois. So um, I got an opportunity to tour the plant, but more importantly, I got an opportunity to have some very um, in-depth conversations with the individuals who actually run the plant and, you know, talk to, uh, you know, um, staff at every level. And that was very eye-opening and uh, a great opportunity. It will really help me a lot as I work, uh, you know, through this legislative session on an energy bill that um, is going to be good for not only the 48th district, but the entire state. A lot of talk about uh, nuclear as a big part of a a green energy package, but the question has always been the economics of it. And more than once in recent years, Exelon has threatened to pull the plug on Clinton and on a number of other nuke plants around the state because they say they just can't uh, make money off of operating them. In the past, they have gotten... In effect, you know, handouts, concessions, special breaks from the legislature, try to keep those plants going. 
How far are you willing to go to try to keep that Clinton plant going? If Exelon can't make it work and make it profitable, should we continue to throw money at it? Well, you know, the, the conversations that um, I had today seemed to indicate that they were doing well financially. And uh, I think that we have a responsibility to do everything we can to support, uh, you know, the nuclear energy fleet in Illinois and, most importantly, that Clinton plant. If you look at uh, the Clinton plant and where it's located, it's not only a significant source of energy, it's also a significant economic engine for that community and for that entire central Illinois uh, region. It uh, provides a lot of, of uh, you know, property taxes to that area, as well as some, um, you know, significant uh, good-paying jobs. And um, I also learned that um, periodically they will have about 1,200 uh, other um, staff from around the country that comes into um, that area uh, for, you know, a week or so to provide services at that plant. So if you can imagine that number of people descending on a community at one time and what that means economically. So, um, you know, we can't look at this in a vacuum. We really have to look at it in terms of how, what type of economic uh, input it provides for not only Clinton, but, you know, like I said, that entire region. Uh, I talked to staff there that, you know, lived in, in Bloomington, Champaign, you know, throughout that entire region. So it's not just that small community of Clinton that's impacted. It's the entire region. State Senator Doris Turner is here with us. And if, as you say, this this plant is doing well financially, then what does the state have to do to, quote, support it? I, I mean, is there anything extra that needs to be done? If they're making a go of it financially, shouldn't they just be allowed to do that and keep the state out of it? Well, you know, I think that that's what's happening right now. And, and uh, again, we can't we have to look at the impact, you know, long, long term. Um, so I'm really, um, you know, interested in delving very deeply into, um, you know, what type of energy um, package is going to be presented. And then, you know, taking a look at what that means for, for the state, as well as for that community and um, seeing, you know, what we can do so that everyone, um, you know, everyone benefits. We definitely don't want to be in a situation where we are reliant upon other forms of energy and then find ourselves in the same situation that a number of people in Texas are finding themselves in. And, and you know, and that's really near and dear to me because, um, as I say all the time, my, my parents are both from Texas and all of my extended family still live there. So when I talk to them and they talk about how they've been without power for three or four days and don't have access to water and, and you know, those types of things, it we never want to have Illinois in that type of situation. And I'm going to do everything I can to ensure that we have reliable uh, energy sources that are, are very diverse. Well, as it stands right now, we, we do have a lot of parts of Illinois that are reliant on things like natural gas, for example, and we're seeing that play out. Schools in Riverton closed today because they couldn't afford to keep the schools heated because of the price spikes in natural gas. Auburn, it's the same problem uh, all over uh, this part of the state, at least. There are a lot of communities that are facing massive 
heating bills because of that surge in natural gas prices. Have you spoken to the governor's office? What's in the works right now to try to provide some relief and and to keep that from happening in the future? You know, I have had conversations around that. And um, as you know, the governor did declare a uh, disaster, um, you know, emergency proclamation, which will um, hopefully uh, bring some relief. But we are doing everything that we can to work with those communities because you're absolutely correct. Uh, You know, I'm hearing from uh, communities that are saying that because of that surge on on the grid and and what it means, people are could possibly be looking at a thousand dollar bill this month. And, you know, no one can sustain that. So we definitely want to do everything that we can in the uh, in the short term, but again, also looking towards the future and making some, um, you know, some some legislative uh, moves, hopefully that will not only look at the short term effect, but long term as well. As this Clean Energy Jobs Act legislation advances, we'll want to get you back on, talk some more about that in more depth. But I want to ask you about a couple other things while we've got you here. First, your reaction to Governor J.B. Pritzker's budget address yesterday. What'd you think? You know, um, I I thought that it was a um, that it was very thoughtful and thought out, and I thought that it was an, an excellent starting point for us. I think that it represented the needs of our community. You know, Illinois, Illinois' economic uh, recovery goes hand in hand with our recovery from the coronavirus, and um, so he talked about some things that actually hit both of those. Um, you know, I was really excited to hear him talk about bolstering IDS um, structure with additional staffing and technology. And that's a bipartisan issue that is of concern across all of our communities. And then with the commitment for additional COVID testing and vaccination sites, and you know, we have the new site opening out at the fairgrounds in the Ore Building that is not just for, um, you know, Sangamon County uh, residents, but, you know, open, which is going to be absolutely wonderful. And then, you know, um, child care providers, rental and housing assistance, and then also, um, you know, the commitment to rebuild Illinois and, you know, our infrastructure and the, um, you know, union jobs that go along with that. So I think it's a, you know, a continuing commitment to the state. And um, I'm excited about what I heard, and I think that, you know, once we get into it, there'll be some other opportunities to build on, build on, um, you know, what the governor talked about. So I think it's, um, it provides a great opportunity. What did you think about his decision to simply keep education spending flat? Uh, Senator Menard, of course, a big champion of the, uh, the, the equity legislation that sought to uh, increase education funding every year to try to close that gap between the richest and poorest districts. Uh, that lasted a couple of years, but now the governor is going to hold the line on education spending flat this year if his budget goes through. What's your reaction to that? You know, much like Senator Menar, I am a big proponent of, of K-12 through early childhood education. I think that education is the foundation on which all of our, com- all of our communities grow and thrive. Um, you know, in, in, a, in a normal time, I'm quite sure that that would, not, that would not be the case. But, you know, as I said in the beginning, we're, we're not in normal times. We're in extraordinary times. And we're, you know, there's going to be some very difficult choices that have to be made. 
and some difficult prioritizations that, uh, you know, we're going to have to live with. So, you know, while I'm not, you know, I wish that, you know, that could be different, but I also understand that with the way that our Illinois economy has been, you know, uh, hit really hard by the virus and everything that came along with that, um, you know, there's just going to have to be some very, very difficult choices that no one is going to be happy with. Uh, Senator, before we let you go, you are in the very unusual position of wearing two hats for a few more days, both as a state senator and as a Springfield alderwoman, uh, until this coming Tuesday when you are scheduled to leave that office after final approval of a city budget. Uh, we heard uh, earlier this week a couple of aldermen saying they might want to make some uh, changes to it. Are you planning any amendments? Do you have any concerns about the spending plan as currently formulated for the city of Springfield? You know, there there are, uh, yes, you're right, I did want to uh, stay on the city council until we pass a final budget because there are some things that I am concerned about that I want to definitely make sure get addressed. Um, and I felt like I owed that commitment to um, to my constituents in, in uh, Ward 3. Um, so there are a couple of things that I'm looking at and working with some other aldermen to address. Um, so, you know, hopefully Such we'll as? be able to, well, you know, I don't want to get too far deep into it while we're still working through some things and, and some negotiations. You, but you've got to roll I it out on Tuesday, though. I mean, what, what, what? I know. But, but you know, I will tell you, um, my, um, you know, 10 years on the city council, there's still things happening on Tuesday morning. <laughs> Trust me, there's still things happening on Tuesday morning. But I know that uh, there are some issues that we're, uh, you know, looking at with some aldermen as it relates to, um, you know, overtime in, in, in the fire department. There's some, uh, some concerns that some aldermen have with regard to, um, you know, the uh, firehouse relocation. There are um, a couple of things that I would like to look at with regard to the um, police budget. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a few things. Nothing that would have a negative impact. All of it will be very positive, I assure you. We'll uh, eagerly await the meeting on Tuesday to hear how that all plays out. In the meantime, State Senator, and for a few more de- days at least, Springfield Alderwoman Doris Turner, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, sharing it with us, and we'll be talking to you a lot, I'm sure, in the months ahead during this legislative session. Well, thanks for the opportunity.